<sighs> Another season has come and gone. We were so excited, or at least I was so excited. I hyped up Luke Kennard, how they can win with or without him. The fact that we were talking about how important Luke Kennard is was completely lost on me because I was so focused on them having a chance to win. Mm. And then the Los Angeles Lakers took abundant care mm. of that. It's a 40-point mm. defeat, an embarrassing loss in Game 6. We'll talk about that and end-of-season media on this episode of Locked on Grizzlies. Let's lock in. You are Locked On Grizzlies, your daily Memphis Grizzlies podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is a Monday of a depressing monday not too depressing <laughs> we're gonna bring the energy don't you worry but anytime a season ends it's a difficult time uh to be a grizzlies fan maybe not a member of the grizzlies media don't let the michael smile every once in a while throughout this episode uh confuse you i'm sure he'll miss the grizzlies but he won't miss you know 4 a.m flights to los angeles <laughs> i'm joe mullinax one of your hosts for lockdown grizzlies joined by the wonderful co-host of michael cole with the commercial appeal there in Memphis, Tennessee. I am a Grizzlies columnist over at Bluff City Media. I also do some writing for SB Nation. Uh, obviously, proud members of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team each and every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. You can also check us out on YouTube. Like, comment, rate, review, subscribe. Make us part of your NBA <sighs> offseason plans as we grind forward. Just because the Grizzlies have been eliminated from the playoffs doesn't mean that the work stops here. At Lockdown Grizzlies. This episode of Lockdown Grizzlies is brought to you by Prize Picks. First time users can receive a remarkable 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code locked on. That's prizepicks.com, promo code locked on. Uh, DeMichael, we're going to really focus most of our energy on end of media or end of season media because there's a lot of, a lot of nuggets. things. Yeah. Uh, we're going to be able to mo make most of our week. Uh, built around the content that came out of that. So thank you, Grizzlies and Zach Kleiman and Taylor Jenkins and John Morant and Dylan Brooks and everybody that spoke. You, you just made the Michael and I's first offseason week a lot easier. But before we get to get to that, we don't want any rogue still around Lakers fans to to claim we're ducking game six uh, as they were. Dylan in the Brooks got a fine for that, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> not, 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 not understanding that we don't get paid to do those extra episodes. Okay, but I digress. Um Game six was a difficult one to Michael. You were there in person, so your perspective is, uh, you know, juicier than mine. From watching it from home, you know, one of the themes of this episode is going to be single words, right? Takeaways. Yeah. Uh, my, my single word takeaway from game six was disappointment. You know, the reality of them being without Steven Adams, being without Brandon Clark, then being without Luke Kennard, you know, to have... If the team was fully healthy, it's fair to say those three guys would be 33% of their rotation, right? Like the, the other six played, but, you know, Santi Aldama is probably not playing if everybody's healthy. David Roddy's probably not playing. John Conchar is probably not playing if everybody's able to go. That context matters, but at the same time, to have a chance to get to a game seven at home and to just completely lie down, you know, they, they competed at times, there were flashes. But that third quarter where the Lakers just beat their brakes off, you know, Anthony Davis was dominant. LeBron James had flashes. D'Angelo Russell 
you know, the, the uh, makeup for all the poor games that he had against Memphis the last couple of years. Mm. He played a massive role in putting the Grizzlies out of their misery and a pretty difficult season ended in disappointing fashion. So that would be my word is disappointment. Um, the, the fact that the starters didn't play most of the fourth quarter because the Lakers were beating them so badly, uh, you know, I think it's okay as a fan, media person, whatever, to say that was a disappointing showing from a team that up until this point had been on a upward trajectory, right? Improvement every single year. This is the first time that they're facing some adversity. And, you know, again, injury context matters, but they still fell short, comparatively speaking. Yeah, and and my word would be overmatched. Mm. Overmatched. Uh, At the end of the day, uh, this isn't an excuse because I I saw – Lakers fans, uh, I wrote a story on uh, after the game about how the Grizzlies weren't able to reach their potential this season. And people, oh, it's an excuse. We're literally one of the first lines I use in the story. And pretty much all the players that I quote in the story say that they don't make the excuse. Because while they're saying, yes, this team missed Steven Adamson, while in this team is Brandon Clark, they're saying Xavier Tillman played really good basketball. So there is that. But at the end of the day, and we're going to talk about this on a deeper scale, you know, uh, later in the episode when we talk about the offseason and the things there. But the Grizzlies were outmatched, not just because Stephen Adams was in the starting lineup and Brandon Clark was unavailable and Luke Kennard was unavailable, but they were outmatched from the from this from the uh, point of their depth was gone. And it, I mean, past the starting lineup, you got nothing from Tyus, who yeah. He, talking to him, you know, on, on Sunday at the exit interviews, basically said that he felt like he let his team down. You know, he didn't play up to his standard. And that's what you expected, you know, uh, him to say after watching him play most of the season, a uh, really solid uh, basketball. But the Grizzlies were outmatched. You had Anthony Davis, you know, put together some real terrific performances. LeBron James averaged 22 points, 11 rebounds, five assists. But – you know, you going into the series, you tell me LeBron's going to average 22 points, 11 rebounds, five assists. I say, hey, you, you got a pretty good shot in this thing. But the Luke Kennard injury was the one that put it over the hump. And it's a reason the Grizzlies acquired him at the trade deadline. And that reason is, you know, was Desmond Bain isn't shooting great from three-point range. Uh, Memphis was in some, some tough positions. Just You need someone to step up from three-point range. And it's a credit to the Lakers' defense, by the way, which is tremendous. Uh, excellent, excellent defensive team there. But the Grizzlies, it was a combination of the injuries. Because I know some people will say, oh, well, it's not Ja, it's not Jaren, it's not Jed, not Dez. So you should be able to play through it. Yes, that is true to a certain degree. And that is true because at the end of the day, the Grizzlies weren't able to rely on the depth pieces that they had available. Mm-hmm. David Roddy is a rookie that you traded for in the draft to get. Uh, I love what David Roddy brought to the Grizzlies this season. I think, you know, long-term, there is some potential there. But think about it like this. That could have been DeAnthony Melton. Or if you wanted to trade that first-round pick for another guy, that could have been another veteran player that you could have had in that role who would have been more ready this season uh, than David Roddy was uh, for that moment in particular. What about Kenneth Lofton Jr.? We talked about it earlier, uh, right? You boosted him up from the two-way contract. Remember, Joe, we talked about it. There's guys out there. There's a Derek Favors. There's a Hassan Whiteside. If you want to go flashy with it, there's a Dwight Howard. You know, free agent big man 
who are big bodies who have proven to be really good rebounders. Kenneth Lofton Jr. didn't play a rotation minute in that series, and the Grizzlies promoted him to the 15-man roster just before the playoffs. So, again, the depth wasn't there because the Grizzlies had a lot of players on the bottom of that roster who's just unproven. Zaire Williams, we talked about the first season, right, uh, started 20-plus games and showed signs that he was going to have a breakout second year. All the injuries and things happened. Now he's sitting on the end of the bench in the playoff series. The progression was not there from, from those players to be ready for that moment. And that's kind of what I think was more of a factor than just simply those injuries. But you combine all those things together, uh, the Grizzlies were just outmatched, outclassed. Uh, it's Dylan Brooks said on Sunday, which was a little bit of a surprise to me, uh, the Grizzlies lost to the better team. They lost to the better team. Yeah, in terms of the way that they, the role players, right, Austin Reeves, who has mm-hmm. made himself some money uh, just in this playoffs, but also over the last 20 or so games. Uh, D'Angelo Russell had a massive game six. You got strong performances up and down the list. Dennis Schroeder did some good things. I, I think the biggest thing for me to come out of game six in the entire series, and I mentioned in all my series preview stuff, you know, how teams shot better at the rim when Anthony Davis was on the floor. And um, I, I think that it's important to understand that going into this Lakers and Warriors series, now that the Warriors have defeated the Kings, and it's, you know, the NBA's wet dream that now there's going to be uh, Lakers, Warriors, Steph versus LeBron. You know, they're, they're very excited, I'm sure, in New York. Uh, I think that the reality is Anthony Davis, the Lakers, the Warriors, they're still veterans and they're so good, right? Like Steph Curry is one of the best point guards, if not the best point guard in the history of basketball. Uh, He's certainly number two, if you want to make Magic Johnson number one still. Um, Obviously, LeBron is in that greatest of all time conversation. You know, these guys were able to survive and get to the playoffs and then turn it on. You know, that's the reality of it. And I think that Anthony Davis is the strongest example of that. DeMichael... I've been watching the Grizzlies for 10 plus years. You're from Memphis. Obviously you've watched them a long time. Anthony Davis was freaking Tim Duncan in that series. Like he, and that's lofty praise. Like has the best power forward in the history of basketball. AD did Tim Duncan things. Like there was, he was the best player on the floor. He deserves all the credit in the world for that. You know, he gets made fun of for his lack of toughness, but he, he was the difference maker in that game and in that series. And I think that moving forward, Memphis has to come to terms with the reality, and we'll talk more about this, they weren't ready, right? And there are multiple reasons why they weren't ready. It's not as simple as, you know, your elite core, which is still an elite core of Jaw and Jaron at 23 and Dez at 24 years old. They weren't ready to match that, but there were other areas where they weren't ready, and it goes up and down the entire organization, and that's going to be a focus of ours this week here at Locked On Grizzlies. But first, this episode of Locked On Grizzlies is brought to you by Prize Picks. Huge fan of Prize Picks. They have a new 1 million daily Superflex promotion going on during the NBA playoffs and finals. Every day of the NBA playoffs or finals, one Prize Picks user will win a chance of becoming a millionaire. One entry placed after 8 a.m. Eastern time will be randomly selected each day. Whoever placed that entry will be given a six-pick flex with the following payouts. If you get six correct picks, you get 1 million. Five is $80,000, and four is $16,000. Full details can be found at prizepicks.com 
slash million. You have to opt in to be eligible for that million dollar entry. Prize picks is a lot of fun. You pick two to six players. You can win up to 25 times your money on any given entry. One of my favorite parts about it to Michael is you're not competing against other people. You're just competing against the projections that are available. Obviously, the peak time to do this would be as the NBA playoffs continue to heat up. Download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, Prize Picks will give you $100. If you deposit $50, Prize Picks will give you $50. Don't forget to enter the promo code locked on and sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. Enough of game six because that was depressing. Let's move into talking about end of season media availability. The Grizzlies were extremely honest and forthright. DeMichael and I are going to talk a lot this week about those various interviews, but we're going to give general thoughts with our one-word summary theme continuing here on this episode of Lockdown Grizzlies. Stay with us. Welcome back to Lockdown Grizzlies. I am one of your hosts, Joe Mullinax, joined by the wonderful DeMichael Cole uh, of the Commercial Appeal there in Memphis, Tennessee. And I want to stress you know, DeMichael did an amazing job this season, second year covering the team. Um, if you didn't follow his work, you made a massive mistake, and hopefully you correct it as the offseason gets going, you know, draft and summer league and all those sorts of things. I was very impressed with DeMichael, not just here on Lockdown Grizzlies, but with everything he did over the commercial appeal. So congratulations to you, my friend, on an amazing season of coverage. Uh, where Memphis is lucky to have you and, and the work that you do. Um, I, I think well, I that – yeah. Well, yeah, you're very welcome. Thank you. Um, you're not too shabby yourself, Joe. Uh, people would disagree with that, most people. Um, but that's okay. I appreciate it. You're you're a good liar. Um, DeMichael, we're, we're going to – you were actually there, right, both in Los Angeles for Game 6, and you were there for the end-of-season media availability. And our mutual friend, Parker Fleming, I thought he did an awesome job covering. You did an awesome job covering. Uh, obviously, there are lots of folks there in the room um, covering – the end of season stuff. And as I was following along, cause I was not there, uh, you know, lots of juicy bits that we're going to talk about throughout this whole entire week. Again, thank you to the Memphis Grizzlies for, for providing us lots of content to discuss this first week of the off season. Uh, but we're just going to do general takeaways in this particular episode of lockdown Grizzlies. We'll get more specific as the week goes on. You're going to lead us off here since you were physically there and you got to experience the energy in the room. Yeah. Um, again, the one word summary vibe of this episode, disappointing, overmatched. That's what we said about game six. You'll start us off with your one word takeaway from end of season media availability with the Grizzlies, which included Zach Kleiman, Grizzlies GM, Taylor Jenkins, John Morant, Jaron Jackson Jr., Desmond Bain, uh, Dylan Brooks, all those guys and more spoke. The word is change. Mm. And I, I want people to, to think about it like this. The last two, three years, at least the last two seasons, but you can make an argument even the last three years, there hasn't been much change around here. No. You know, you know, Grayson Allen gets shipped out, a couple moves here and there. Then, you know, last season you, you add a guy here or there, Steven Adams comes in and all that. And then, you know, lo and behold, uh, this season, Milton goes away, uh, Kyle Anderson, and you just add some rookies. Luke Kennard at the deadline. But here's the thing. The Grizzlies only have one unrestricted free agent, Dylan Brooks. Xavier Tillman, as we've said, has a team option, but he listening to Zach Kleiman, you can pretty much throw that out the window. They're going to keep him around. He's going to be back. Yes. He'll be back. 
So how are the Grizzlies going to make change when they only have one unrestricted free agent? Well, that's for me to explain to you. Uh, one thing is expect them to be active when it comes to trades. Uh, so, yes, they have all these young guys, and, and I'm sure this is, you know, nice news for Joe. Uh, some somebody's going to be left on the short end of the stick here. You got David Roddy, Jake LaRavia, uh, Kenneth Lofton Jr., who they love, uh, Zaire Williams, who uh, Taylor Jenkins and and uh, John Morant, Desmond Bain all spoke highly of. But at the end of the day, someone's going to get the short end of the stick because there is a want to make this team improve and fast and aggressively. Uh, the Grizzlies were aggressive at the trade deadline. Expect them to be aggressive on the trade market as well this offseason. That's one way some change is going to happen because you're not just going to ship out one player uh, in that scenario, I don't think. I think there could be a couple players uh, moving out, a couple players moving in. Now, the real change, I think, and this is, this is the bigger change for me, is the identity of the Memphis Grizzlies will change. Last two seasons, trash talking, uh, fun, you know, swagger, confident uh, type of bunch that many of you grew to love. And I, and when I tweeted this out a little bit, I know some people were saying like, oh, we don't want that to change. You like the trash talk. Some people say focus on basketball. Well, here are some things that were said on Sunday. Uh, Taylor Jenkins talked about the team, you know, instead of trying to talk the talk and worried about talking the talk. He wants them to just walk the walk. You, you cut, you know, uh, just focus more on doing things with your actions. Uh, then we talked to Zach Klein, who basically said the Grizzlies created, you know, had some self-created, you know, problems there, not just off the court, but on the court with some of those trash talking uh, methods. And he said, I think this season you're going to see a change in that approach. Now, they were clear. Everyone that we talked to is clear about this. Uh, don't expect the Grizzlies just to become, you know, uh, uh, the, the Wisconsin Badgers or, or, or something when it comes to trash talk. But this is this is just going to be a new area or the San Antonio Spurs for a basketball for an NBA team. But it's, it's, I feel like now we're about to go into a change here where the fun is still going to be there. You're still going to see all the alley-oops and, and the way the charisma displayed on the court. But even John Morant, that's your leader, right? Talking to him on Sunday, John said that he, which we've touched on this before, we've touched on how John said he's going to be more humble in interviews. Uh, this was in March when he came back after the eight-game suspension. And if you paid attention through April, even going into the playoff series, John Morant said nothing. That was, uh, you know, Desmond Bain guaranteed that there would be a game seven. Um, you know, Dylan Brooks had his whole run on, on with LeBron James. But through that whole time, Ja Morant didn't say anything. So I think now with Ja kind of taking this new approach, with Dylan Brooks being an unrestricted free agent and potentially being on his way out, the identity of the Grizzlies, because Ja Morant and Dylan Brooks were probably the two most trash-talking uh, guys. I think we all uh, can say that. But uh, Josh changed his approach. Dylan probably won't be around anymore. The identity of the Grizzlies will look different for the first time in at least a couple seasons. Change, Joe. I think that's a good one. And I think it's a necessary one because you are approaching a time, you know, Jaron Jackson Jr.'s contract extension has kicked in, obviously. John Morantz kicks in this coming summer Big going into next mm -hmm. season. Um, probably not going to get the Supermax because of all NBA stuff, but still a heck of a lot of money. 
And then Desmond Bain is about to make a nine-figure contract, probably more than Jaron got. You know, Tyler Hero, Jordan Poole, you know, it'll be in that neighborhood, probably even a little bit more than those guys, um, but certainly in the same ballpark. So you're about to have three guys that all are making nine figures in terms of the life of the contract. It's winning time now. It's time to win. Like, it's been fun, and it's been cool, and they've been developing. We talked about DeMichael in the early stage of our partnership when we first came together. Uh, this past summer, how this was a heat check. It was a heat check off season, right? They get rid of DeMichael, or excuse me, not DeMichael. Good Lord, please don't get rid of me. Did they get rid of me? No, 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 no. Sources can confirm? No. Joe has sources saying that I'm on the way out. I just got really sad. I just got really sad. No, I got to regroup here. Oh, gosh. I don't want to live in that world. They got rid of DeAnthony Melton. Yeah. They traded him for younger players, as you alluded to earlier. They traded or they let, excuse me, Kyle Anderson go in free agency, didn't replace them with veteran players, replaced them with additional rookies. And I'll talk more about that in our next segment. Um, the, the, it's time to win now. It's time yeah. to win. And this is the summer where before that Bane nine figure over the life of the contract, contract kicks in. Now's the time to bring in additional depth and a now's new CBA. Right. With the new CBA kicking in, now is the time to make those moves. It is winning time now. You're about to have three guys on big contracts. You have one of the most elite cores in the NBA. Like, that hasn't changed. 29 other teams in the National Basketball Association would love to have the core that the Memphis Grizzlies do. That's a fact. But what that looks like around those guys has to change because now is the time to win. Doesn't mean you have to go win the NBA Finals next year but you are spending too much money and you are too good to be in a place where stuff like this happens, regardless of the context. And again, I'm glad they said there were no excuses because they're right. In professional basketball, professional sports in general, there are no moral victories. You either win or you don't. And they didn't. And there has to be change. There has to be some sort of repercussion for that. So I'm with you on that. DeMichael, thank goodness you're not leaving. Please don't leave me. Um, That's when we come sources. back... No, I will. Don't trust them. Uh, when <laughs> we come back here on Lockdown Grizzlies, I'm going to give my word. DeMichael's word was changed. I'm going to give mine and explain my rationale. Again, going into a week, we're going to be able to kind of dive in and parse through some of the nuggets from Grizzlies media end of season availability. You're listening to Lockdown Grizzlies. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back to Lockdown Grizzlies. I am your co-host, Joe Molinax, joined by the wonderful DeMichael Cole, still here despite my sources saying that he was going to be on the move. He is not, uh, thank goodness. Uh, DeMichael, of course, with the commercial appeal there in Memphis, Tennessee, Grizzlies beat writer. I'm a Grizzlies columnist over at Bluff City Media. I also write for SB Nation. I have a piece live today, as a matter of fact, that you should go check out where I talk about the differing disappointments of the top seeds that lost, the Milwaukee Bucks, Sacramento Kings, and of course, the Memphis Grizzlies, how all three failed in different ways to advance out of the first round. Um, DeMichael's word in the previous segment was change. Change is coming. And again, we're going to go more in depth with what kind of change we foresee mm -hmm. approaching as the week goes on here at Lockdown Grizzlies. It's going to be a long offseason here, longer than we thought it would be. Uh, we thought hopefully Memphis would be getting ready for a second round series, right? Oh, um, right. So we have some time to talk through some stuff. Uh, Michael's word was change. My word is accountability. And I mean it in a positive way. So I kind of like that we could end on a positive note here. Because whether it was John Morant, 
you know, talking about how he was an off the court and on the court distraction, whether it's Taylor Jenkins talking about how he has to revisit the schemes that they build around their big three of jaw Desmond Bain and Jaron Jackson Jr. It was good to hear him say that it was good to hear him say he's going to do video dives and, you know, come up with new wrinkles. I think that's necessary. But the main one, and I kind of hinted at it earlier in the show to Michael, that I really was taken aback by, because the first time we've heard him do this, it was Zach Kleiman. I, I think there was a hint of accountability from Zach Kleiman in terms of the decision, like we talked about earlier, the heat check. You know, they, they have developed remarkably well. They've drafted remarkably well. You know, you mentioned Kenneth Lofton Jr. That was an undrafted signee. Same thing with John Conchar, undrafted signee. You know, they have really built an impressive roster in a variety of different ways. But the heat check of last summer, letting Melton and Anderson go for, in exchange for young players. Kleiman said, and I, I'm paraphrasing, but it could be close to a direct quote. Did we really need to triple down on youth? And I thought that was a fascinating acknowledgement of his role in this. Because you can't say that he's a bad executive, just like you can't say that Taylor Jenkins is a bad coach. You can say they both fell short, but they both also did really well in building this roster, right? So, you know, Taylor Jenkins had a good year as a coach. He lost that series, but Zach Kleiman lost that series too. And the decision to not go more aggressive this past offseason. They tried to be aggressive at the trade deadline and it didn't work out. Mikhail Bridges, Devin, or Kevin Durant, those guys obviously aren't in Memphis, uh, but Luke Kennard was helpful. Again, that was a good acquisition. They got Luke Kennard without really losing anything of substance in terms of their long-term value of assets. They still have all their own first-round picks. They still have the Golden State Warriors 2024 first-round pick, which may or may not be valuable, right? Uh, as the team gets older there, obviously they're moving on to the second round, but still they have an additional first. They have a lot of young talent, and on top of that young talent, they have contracts that are in the 14, 12 to 14 to $16 million range that make a lot of sense as trade building block pieces. There is no team in a better position this coming summer to make a massive move, if they are able to, than the Memphis Grizzlies because of the way that they've set up things. However, I did not have as much faith that they would actually do that until I heard Kleiman say what he said about, did we really need to triple down on youth? My word is accountability. And again, we, we could spend a whole episode, and we probably will, talking about John Morant later this week. But I really was taken aback by him saying that because it was an acknowledgement from him that he had a hand in, you mentioned how they were overmatched earlier. Imagine if Anderson and Melton were still here, right? You got a chance. Yeah, You would still have had a chance. Even given all of those other things, you still would have had a chance. And I think that that is a fair thing to point out. Zach Kleiman has had a remarkable run as an executive. He's not hitting a 1,000. I, I think that he made a mistake this past summer. The team was not prepared. You also, again, context matters. Nobody foresaw John Morant having the – essentially meltdown that he did back in March. Uh, but they were not ready for the storms that came. And that is evidence of a roster that was not built to win now as well as we thought it was. 
Yeah, uh, accountability is a great word uh, there. And you mentioned it. Yes, you got it from Zach. You also got some accountability from Taylor Jenkins, uh, who basically said he's going to be the first person to look in the mirror uh, to see what he needs to do better, what how he can challenge the players to all hmm. be better. And, and that was kind of his assessment of things from that perspective as well. Of course, there was some accountability from the players. Like I mentioned earlier, Tyus Jones, uh, unprovoked, basically said he felt like he let the team down, you right. know, with his performance in the first round. Of course, there was John Morant, you know, as well, talking about how his, you know, uh, trespasses off the court, you know, led to some struggles, you know, uh, from himself, but also created distractions around the team. So that's kind of been something that, that, that that's a strong word. I think there's just uh, accountability, but you're right. It starts in the front office. It starts with Zach climbing. I know there are some Grizzlies fans out there who are, are, are biting their nails, you know, at how the Grizzlies will approach this. Season. But as Joe pretty much said, I, and I can kind of add, uh, I think we're going to see a team that's going to be very aggressive in the summer. And sometimes I just want to be clear. Sometimes you don't see uh, that aggressiveness in the results. So mm-hmm. just understand uh, that's part of it. And I mean, I think I feel strong in saying the Grizzlies were one of the most aggressive teams at the trade deadline. They but, there were multiple reports that said that they offered four first round picks for Mikel Bridges. Like that's aggressive as hell. <laughs> it's extremely aggressive. I, if Brooklyn says no, you can't yeah. make a trade. This is an NBA 2K where you can hit override, right? Exactly. Like, exactly. If they don't want to do it, they're not going to do it. That's an extremely aggressive offer that some people covering the Grizzlies and following the Grizzlies would have said was too much. They would have mm-hmm. been wrong because Mikel Bridges is awesome, but they would have said that is too much. And uh, that's, you know, an excellent point. It takes two to tango on these deals. And, and that's what he said. He said it takes takes two to get a deal done. So keep that in mind. But even if that's not the case, remember the Grizzlies still have, which Kleiman brought up himself, you have the mid-level exception. Mm. Uh, I'm expecting them to, to use that this season. 100%. And, and to be aggressive, you know, with using it. So uh, they may get creative. We're bringing in some other free agents, signing trades, things like that. But at the end of the day, I'm expecting the Grizzlies to be aggressive. And it's all it all goes back to what we both said. The change is one reason, but the accountability for the fact that things need to improve uh, and think there were a couple, you know, mishaps on the way uh, to this to this point um, last season. And I think they want to correct those things. And if you're not willing to change, then you will be held accountable in terms of no longer being here. And I do think that that might be a good place for us to start on our Tuesday edition of Locked On Grizzlies. Thank you guys so much for checking out this and every episode of Locked On Grizzlies all season long. I already kind of sucked up to DeMichael, so I won't do it again. It's been a pleasure to work with him, though. And I do want to stress, even if you have you know called me bald and fat in the comments, I am greatly appreciative of everybody that has listened, watched, all those sorts of things. My first year here on Locked On Grizzlies, it's been a blast. I've thoroughly enjoyed it. I was a little nervous at first because I've got a, a, a face made for podcasting and radio. But, you know, to, to be on the video and to have that interaction with DeMichael and other people, it's been a lot of fun. So it's from, been great, Joe. It's been great. And and let and if I may add, okay. uh, we, we we have thoroughly enjoyed you here. As I've said, you have you have fans 
and, <laughs> and my family. But I'm, but you have fans uh, further than that too. I've, I've told you uh, there are, there are Grizzlies fans who I you know talk to at at the FedEx Forum and and they compliment our show. And it's not just me; they compliment you as well. So uh, it's a it's a great you know testament to the work that we put in this season. And guess what? I just want the Grizzlies fans to know: stick with us in the off season. We're, right. We, you talk a lot about Joe's takes during the season. So just imagine the ones you're about to get in the <laughs> offseason. Uh, look, that's what I'm most excited about in the offseason. Uh. Joe's about to come out firing. Of course, we're going to have all the breakdowns with the draft, the free agency. And I'm going to go out there to Summer League. I'll be out there. We're going to have all those things covered for you. So just, just don't go anywhere. We're not done here. Oh, yeah. We're not going anywhere. I'm not going anywhere. If after leaving Grizzly Bear Blues, I, if that wasn't the death of me, I'm not going anywhere. We can just be honest with each other. So I'm not going anywhere. DeMichael's not going anywhere, despite my faulty sources. Uh, thanks for helping make Lockdown Grizzlies your first listen each and every day. Help us continue to make the show great as the offseason grinds forward. And uh, he alluded to, DeMichael did my takes a little bit. If we talk about Dylan Brooks on Tuesday's episode, DeMichael, can I bring some trades or do I need to hold on to those? I mean, why not? Let's let's yes. let's, let's go. Let's come out hot. Yes. Let's come out hot. I, I know you got a couple in mind already. So let's let's. I come have out. to let's double check hot. the CBA rules on sign and trades, but yeah. I'm gonna. I think that starting with Dylan, because our, I'd say accountability and change. <laughs> he's the guy that probably fits the two words that we made our focus of our episode yeah. today. So tune in on Tuesday for our Dylan Brooks player review and. What the heck's going to happen with him next? Obviously, we could probably talk a whole week about that, but we're going to start that process on the Tuesday edition of Locked on Grizzlies. For DeMichael, I'm Joe. Thank you again so much. The season has ended. The playoffs grind on. But here on Locked on Grizzlies, we're going to keep you locked in with Memphis Grizzlies coverage. So stick with us. Until Tuesday's edition, thank you so much for making us part of your Grizzlies and NBA experience. DeMichael appreciates it, as do I. We'll see you tomorrow. Have a great rest of your day.